You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Giri. I'm joined today again by my co-host, Ajit. Hello, Ajit. Hi, Giri. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, I guess. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good as well. So, you know, I can give you some really great news. Okay. I mean, it's not that we have overcome Corona in this part of the world or any any other, I'm sure. But okay. toilet paper rolls are back in the supermarkets. Okay. <laughs> so, that is really encouraging. Indeed. And so is pasta. So, you know, I think uh, mm. after about three weeks of uh, house arrest, I'm feeling I'm feeling okay now. And or that or I'm losing my mind. So it's become uh, now so mundane that, uh, you know, it's there are, there are, it don't feel the pain anymore. Let me put it like this. How about you? I went out a few minutes ago to get some uh, yeah, groceries. And you're right. The same is true here. Uh, toilet paper rolls are indeed flourishing. <laughs> In our supermarket, so people are yeah, happy, I guess. Right. Uh, but uh, jokes apart, so it is. Uh, it's been two weeks since we are in isolation. I right. Guess. Right. Right. Has it been two weeks? Well, three and for me. Number three for you. Okay. Yeah. So that was self-imposed the yeah. first week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, the numbers are increasing. Uh, the amount of infections and fatalities. Right. So it's it's crossed thousand uh, already two days ago. Um, but hopefully, yeah, it wanes. We get to return to normal uh, life, uh, hopefully, uh, in a few weeks. And we also heard that this isolation or these uh, special measures have been extended until the end of April in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, so 28th of April, so schools are closed. You have to work from home as much as possible if your job allows it. And unless you're in emergency services or work like that, then um, you have to stay home. You should not get out. And the Prime Minister has been advising us to work from home as much as possible and not to get out unless there is a valid reason. Do your shopping alone. Uh, stay 1.5 meters away from each other. In a positive, right? So I was reading this article that one of these uh, TU Eindhoven statisticians, a professor in TU Eindhoven has predicted that uh, we, have, we are past the inflection point. And effectively what that means is that we should be, you know, entering the positive phase. The curve is going to flatten out. It's probably uh, going to turn for the better. Probably it's a bit too soon to predict this. But what he feels is if we can sustain the same, let's say, lack of growth for the next 7 to 10 days, we'll break the back of this, let's say, infection and uh, it'll turn the other way. The infections will start dropping. That's his um, comment, at least. That's a positive to take, right? And, um, well... (laughs) I make it a point to go out every day. Some days I go running, some days I go walking. The idea is to just uh, breathe a bit of fresh air when possible. And uh, this week there was a bit of dip in temperatures, right? But at the end of the day, you know, I feel a bit saner uh, compared to normal, if I may put it like that, if whenever I go out. So uh, get a bit of fresh air and a bit of sun if possible. So I do that. But yeah, I mean, look, definitely... Th- 
when you look at the whole status of the world i mean america is suffering quite a lot and italy and spain we know and china so uh, i think there's a little bit yet left but um, you know we are let's say uh, in the middle of the fight and let me say the light at the end of the tunnel is not too far we just have to keep fighting uh, follow the rules uh, whatever are uh, you know wherever we are whatever the government has suggested follow the rules and then we're going to fight and get through this so you know if you were to get into the cricketing world and how the cricketers are being able to contribute we you know heather knight uh, the england uh, women's cricketer she signed up as an nhs volunteer she's one of hundreds of thousands who have actually done this in england right and then joginder sharma who bowled that iconic last over in the 2007 t20 world cup final was able to win it for india right they are dismissing mispa well i have a joke about it remind me but you know on a serious note uh, he was able to you know get back to his duty as a cop so he's a you know a superintendent in haryana police so he was able to do, do his uh, duty there and he got some laudits from icc as well uh, i think you saw these reports kiri yeah so i think it's it's a great uh, job that uh, a former cricketer is doing uh it should definitely be uh, recognized and admired by all the people by the way what was the joke you were referring to well i must give credit to a friend of mine i don't want to name him on the podcast but uh, uh-huh. i know he's listening to it and you know who you are so misbah discovered the oldest truth about indians apparently on that day can you guess what that is no idea mike there's always a malayali around the corner i don't uh-huh. know if you remember how he got out dinky shot and there was shishant around the corner and 45 behind square and he took the catch right so that's the joke all right so well i mean jokes apart some for somebody you know who's actually tasted fame of international cricket to um, do his duty in a regular job like being a policeman i mean i know he holds a, a let's say a, a higher role uh, but still nicely done and uh, yeah i'm sure there are many more people like this so uh, it's always nice to talk about them and you know this gives us a lot of uh, hope as well as to how people who've actually tasted fame are able to get back to their everyday life and also contribute in terms of these tired sort of emergencies because uh, i remember uh, reading you know sam curran the england cricketer also flagged off an nhs uh, collection drive right he did it from his house but he was still able to contribute and kick it off so that i think he contributed and started it off for nhs in england to collect some money and uh, start you know uh, advertising for volunteers that's nicely done by him so you know when it comes to a slightly sad turn of events um corona virus has claimed its first victim in the cricketing administrative world right so david hotchkiss who's lancashire's chairman has unfortunately died after contracting corona virus so we condone his death and we offer our condolences to his family and friends so he was 71 he was not a younger man but still um somebody who was so closely associated with the club for long they say and he had some grand plans still for the club so that's very unfortunate to uh here that uh, somebody like this has passed away due due to these uh, you know sad times due to this virus so we would like to say yeah, we are sorry to hear this well i mean there are some other interesting discussions when it comes to players uh, doing their bit you know australian players the at least the men uh, are sort of preparing to take a pay cut because their contract negotiations are unfortunately uh, you know not taking place because of this delay right but on the other hand uh, pca the players cricket association in england has rejected the initial offer from ecb 
that they want to cut 25% of pay package, right? So for at least three months, they wanted to uh, offer uh, or made an offer of cutting 25% of the pay and English players were not really happy. Uh, so they seem to have turned it down. But I think you had some other numbers, Giri, you were quoting to me off air, right? About how much contributions have been made by the cricketers themselves. Um, if I remember right, I think there was a contribution to the amount of half a million pounds, 500,000 pounds or something like that, contributed by uh, the cricketers themselves, So, which is a substantial number, if you ask me. Wow. And yeah. uh, if I also thought I read somewhere that the women's cricketers have offered to take a pay cut, but I'm not sure if the men's cricketers are also doing that. Uh, but isn't there another organization or an association, players association, who, who actually decide over these things? Uh, well, they represent the players. It's called PCA, the Professional Cricketers Association, right? And these are the people who negotiate pay on behalf of the centrally contracted players in England. So I think we hear some, um, let's say, contradictory reports. So I think we should wait on this. So let's wait for this whole thing to play out. Look, ECB has made a projected loss of 300 million pounds in case the summer season gets cancelled, right? And this includes the um, county season, the one-day championship, as well as uh, your favorite to the 100, right? And on top of all the international cricket that is played during the season, that's a lot of cricket to lose. And losing 300 million pounds can really affect any cricketing body, even ECB. So it's not going to be an easy choice. So I think we will shortly see some very tough choices from cricketing boards. So as I said, some players like the Australian cricketers are already sort of preparing for it. I mean, even BCCI is probably facing a similar problem or let's say um, he has to tackle such an issue when it comes to whether they can do uh, the IPL or not because I still hear some positives. Uh, there are still many players like Ben Stokes, Josh Butler who are already in India who are saying sort of they would like to play a shortened version at all. So most cricketing boards will have to take a harsh call on this because look, England were scheduled to play West Indies in the early summer in a test series then Pakistan. So that means, you know, a lot of international cricket, given that there is no chance of cricket resuming before 1st of May, right? And these cricketers, I don't know what sort of shape they are in. It's not like they can go immediately from 1st of May as soon as they're given a go, right? That means two to three weeks of lead time might have to be given to them to get fit and get into the right shape, frame of mind, right? So that means I don't expect any international cricket before 1st of June. Uh, to be frank. That means at least the initial tour is completely washed out. Maybe the tour that would happen in the latter half of the English season can at least go ahead. So, you know, uh, this brings me to the next point, which is that, you know, Mishbaul Haq, who's the coach and chief selector of Pakistan, uh, men's cricket team, was uh, giving his opinion about, you know, maybe the WTC should not be truncated because a lot of international cricket. So I just mentioned two international series concerning England. There's a third one, which is England's uh, cricket series against Sri Lanka, which they had to leave and come back home, right? Because of this coronavirus crisis. So that means all of these international tours being cancelled and all of this international cricket not going ahead will really affect the World Test Championship. And Ms. Paul Huck felt probably in order to try to end it in 2021, if some of these tours are not considered or somehow compensated in some way, that might not be right for many of the teams who are who might be a bit low on the championship table right now, but might still gain or might still get ahead and get a chance to compete in the final. So he said, let it play out. If you if you want to include another season and then play the final, maybe that makes more sense, right? So Giri, do you think that's a good idea that the World Test Championship could be delayed and maybe the final should be held in 2022? Uh, I think that's a very good idea. 
think it's too big a tournament or too big a, uh, a championship event to be truncated. It should still run its course. So the number of matches that have been uh, scheduled to be played between teams, uh, we should still go through that. Um, mm-hmm. And if it takes another year, no problem. Because anyway, it's played over a couple of years, right? So the test, World Test Championships began in 2019 during the uh, the summer, I think, in the Northern Hemisphere. And then from then on, exactly. it would be yeah, from then on it would be two years until we would play the finals at Lords. So it, it's anyway spread across two years. Why not move it? Uh, I think it's 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 a good idea. I I fully agree that, with that. It's it's not like a T20 tournament where you can give up a few matches and still not lose the spectacle because it's not just entertainment. It's actually the real test of skill level uh, of all mm-hmm. players involved. And we should not uh, tamper with it, in my opinion. I think it should. It, it's it's of course test cricket. Right? It's it's the purest form of cricket, and uh, we don't want it to get curtailed. Even if it takes an year, uh, additional year, it's it's okay, in my opinion. That's a very good point. No, and I agree with you. Uh, I think. Uh, Isba has a very valid point there and, uh, you know, if that's what it means, then why not extend it? Why not extend the uh, World Test Championship to at least go another half year, if not a whole season, right? So, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Let's see how that goes. Or now, maybe sacrifice uh, a few uh-huh. <laughs> limited overs matches in between. <laughs> well, uh, I, I would I would really, really love that, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but, I mean... Uh, I don't see that really happening. Uh, ODI still have their place in the calendar and at least they earn more money, I think. Uh, so, if ODIs and T20s make sure Test Cricket lives, then uh, I don't mind that, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll see. Right? Going forward, I think uh, ICC may take a prudent call and let the Test Championship extend beyond a certain time. You know, yeah. all these are all these are serious talking points, but I don't know if you've heard uh, the pandemic has actually halted the Australian cricketing wedding season, right? Because apparently in Australia, May is the scheduled wedding season because this is sort of end of their summer and before the winter season really kicks in. So many, many players like Adam Zampa, Jess Jonasson, okay. like Jackson Bird, Mitchell Swepson, Andrew Tai, Darcy Short, Alistair McDermott, Caitlin Frisett, so Friet, so many, many, many names. Also, people like Glenn Maxwell, Pat Cummins, right? They've had to postpone their wedding uh, plans because most of them were around this period, April, May. So, Mm -hmm. considering you don't want to get married in a room in front of a registrar, I'm sure. So, uh, maybe (laughs) they're forced to uh, postpone all of these uh, wedding plans. So, this is another tangible, tangible effect on how people's lives are getting affected because, you know, we can talk about it in a jovial manner, but... A lot of preparation goes into each wedding, right? So, you would book many, uh, many of the involved services months, if not sometimes years in advance. So, that would really, really mean a lot of, you know, you would pay advances and a lot of this would get hit. Um, not to mention the services themselves, right? Catering people and people who have venues that they can take care of. And it, it's, it's a really, really big uh, thing that this is affecting. I mean, I was reading recently... Um, the effect it has on everyday lives are that we are sort of sort of now hunkered down and we are waiting for the storm to pass, so to say. But the real devastation will actually be visible once we come out again. Once the storm has passed, once coronavirus has gone through our lives, you know, we'll really see what economic impact it had because just just a number I read was so so staggering. Uh, Giri, can you guess the amount of economic impact? postponement of Tokyo Olympics by one year has actually made. Have you read this report by any chance? I don't think I have. 
Um, let me have a guess. Go on. Is it is it in the billions? Yes, it is in the billions. Unfortunately. Okay. Uh, let's say about three hundred billion. Not bad. Not bad at all. You actually went well beyond the estimate. But okay. yeah, so the estimate was about one twenty four billion. Okay. Ooh. US dollars. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's a that's a terrifying number man i mean that's more than the gdp of many a country out there right mm-hmm. so um that's the amount of impact unfortunately a postponement of an event like the olympics has had right so it's it's terrible and that's why i said we'll have to wait this out but for now we hunker down we wait for the storm to pass right mm. Mm. i i <laughs> now i wanted to make a jovial point here about ipl and uh, how much make of an it. impact it would be <laughs> Go for uh, it. Because the BCCI have decided not to take a decision yet on the mm-hmm. on the IPL scheduling, right? So they they don't know whether they will postpone it, they will uh, cancel it, or I have no <laughs> no flaming clue what will happen here. All the major tournaments have taken a decision. Firstly, the European Football Championships was postponed uh, until next year, and then we heard that Tokyo Olympics would be postponed until uh, next year. We also heard that Wimbledon would be cancelled this year. Uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of english summer that's one of the highlights of english summer and even right. that is cancelled and i don't know if i mean i don't even want to compare ipl with wimbledon but if wimbledon has been cancelled uh, it still staggers me uh, that they haven't been able to decide i i'm sure there are certain factors where you, you kind of have to appease all the people who are putting money into that uh, tournament or whatever you call it mm-hmm. uh, piece of mm-hmm. tv entertainment um so i think there is a lot of of money that will be lost if they cancel it so they're probably trying to delay the inevitable uh, what do you think no inevitable it is you're absolutely right as far as i'm concerned at least i don't see them having any chance to host it until june that basically means you'll have to find another calendar uh, somewhere later in the year maybe have a mini ipl like a one week 10 days thing or as you said you know do two ipls next year or whatever but you're right but i wouldn't completely belittle it mm-hmm. so the, what i'm trying to say is it has added a lot of value to indian cricket for sure and also to a lot of cricketers out there from the world mm-hmm. of course it's a spectacle for spectacle sake but it has also <laughs> made uh, at least the i can see the peripheral benefits the more professionalization of the indian cricket setup the teams themselves the players right so i mean we can get into it at another time but at the end of yeah. the day i can completely agree with you that probably uh, announcing that postponing it would be the prudent move from bcci's perspective going further you know uh, edgebaston has also become a covid testing center right giri um so we also heard about eden gardens right uh, i think we spoke about that last time that eden gardens was also being converted into one of such uh, i don't know it was if it was a testing center but i think they provided some facilities over there um right. so it's 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 good that the cricketing world is now trying to help in whatever way they can it's fantastic uh, that edgebaston yeah one of the very famous uh, cricketing venues in the um, in the english summer calendar uh, i think wasn't there the first ashes test last year that was played at edgebaston i think it was yeah well give us the latest update from your uh, viewing of the test then come on didn't you watch well. it yourself well uh, i've not been able to overcome my uh, prejudice against uh, reality tv what can i say uh, I, i will one of these days i'm sure not yet yeah though. yeah okay plenty of uh, sci-fi you, left <laughs> plenty of sci-fi left yeah yeah 
Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to uh, describe everything uh, in uh, a lot of detail, but I can say that I finished the whole season, all the episodes. Uh, the moment I started one of the uh, episodes, I think it was probably the India-Australia series, where I had stopped. And after that, I watched one episode and I couldn't stop. I had to finish the whole uh, series. It's a kind of a uh, long story, but it's been stitched together in small pieces. So you kind of want to finish the story. It's very addictive, I have to say. I think they've captured the human emotion part amazingly well. Uh, I didn't know that people kind of express emotions like that when they get out or when uh, they don't have a good day uh, at uh, on the field. Um, it's, it's quite amazing. And they also show what happens in between tests. right? So if you consider the Ashes and then... Australia are doing really well. They save a test match at Lords, and then the next match, I think, was played at Headingley, and then they were ahead in Headingley until uh, Benjamin uh, Stokes decided to take the game away from them. And then from there on, the emotion, the, the changes in emotion, I think it's amazingly captured. You have to see that episode especially. It's, it's a kind of elephant in the room scenario where they all identify faults including the captain, and the captain is amazingly forthcoming and he's, uh, let's say, con- confessing, saying, I have made a mistake here, I could have done this better. It's, it's, it, it takes a lot of courage to basically let, uh, let down your guard. Uh, I like that part especially. And then, of course, you know, you, you kind of see where they head from there and then the team keeps improving, they retain the ashes. So you can see a team who are lost in the, in the beginning of the series Kind of, mm-hmm. They don't know where they stand, they don't know how to play, they don't know how to gel together as a unit. And then as soon as Smith and Warner come back, it's a completely different beast altogether. You see that immediately. And they've also chronicled everything they do. Um, not everything, but they, they, they show very important things that Smith does, for example, or Warner, uh, what he does. Uh, even Bancroft, uh, doing some right. yoga sessions. <laughs> um, and they show a lot of um, funny bits as well. Uh, with Nathan Lyons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he leads the pranks, but I also noticed that a very tense character. Uh, Easily is also very emotional. You might have seen that when they lost that Headingley test, he was crying, oh, he yeah. was weeping on the field, yeah? And yeah. it continues yeah. into the dressing room. He can't stop. And then people go out and try to console him, but he d- doesn't want anybody to be around him at that point. And <laughs> you also need to see um, the way Justin Langer, who is kind of normal, I think he's a, he's a calm guy, but he also get very emotional. They don't have enough reviews left, so um, they don't get that LBW uh, against Nathan Lyon. Um, mm-hmm. So Ben Stokes remains there. I think it's probably just five or six runs before the end of the match. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Justin yeah, Langer gets so thing. furious. Indeed, yeah. Justin yeah. Langer gets so furious. He kicks the bin, that's a dustbin next to him, and the, all the trash gets spilled on the floor. He picks them all up and then puts them back in. You have mm-hmm. to see those things. I think those are amazing little things which captures uh, what goes on in the dressing room. Every single run, every single dot ball, every single wicket being cheered. Uh, I would love to see something like this done with all the teams. After that, I don't think they will all agree, but uh, I mean, I, I need to say I'm very happy that the Australian team, they allowed people to uh, film them. You should watch. I hope you have started watching by the time we speak again in our next episode. Let me tell you a secret. Or let me paraphrase it in one of the parables that we hear about Indian television. Why do Indian movies have so much dancing, singing and unbelievable things? Because in their everyday life, there is too much reality. They don't want to go to a theater and watch the same thing again on screen. Do you understand why I don't watch the test? 
Okay, but there is enough reality TV around which is total crap, and this is not crap. I can tell you honestly, this is not crap. All right, now I'm just. I don't don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make an endorsement for this series. Uh, You should. Nobody's paying me anything for doing Uh, this. Uh, They must then. They they might as well pay you. You seem to be doing a great job here. Yeah. I'm only doing that to you, of course, and to our listeners. But uh, Mm. now, but honestly, I think this is something you should not miss. Before they take it off air, we should do it. No, I don't think they'll take it off air. I'm I'm even seeing a second series coming based on its popularity, by the way. But what I would like to definitely give them the credit for is having the guts to expose the, let's say, the dirty linens that are being washed, right? That too in such a trying time. So, Australian cricket was going through an up and a down at that point in time because you saw what was happening with those two key players missing and Australian team obviously was taking a beating, right? Still... For them to allow cameras into their dressing rooms in such a pivotal stage of the sport, so to say, in Australia itself, right? Mm. That 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 was very brave of them. So for that, I would like to give them kudos. As well, look, um, there is a lot to learn from how Australians deal with defeat uh, and how they deal with uh, you know the joys as well as the losses that they face on the field. So that's something I'm sure every cricketer, every aspiring cricketer out there can actually learn from. So the, these are the things I'm sure you know. Uh, it's a nice thing to uh, see. So, I will do it. It's like this. Let me put. Let me give you another example. I have never read anything from the Harry Potter series. I have never watched any of those movies. I have left it for when, at a later point in time in my life, mm-hmm. when I'm old and grey, and when I have the patience for it, I will probably do it. So, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I might actually revisit the test much sooner than that. Right? Mm. We'll see. Uh, I, yeah. I must confess, I haven't also read or seen any Harry Potter uh, movie. So, <laughs> I'm also not one of those Hogwarts uh, fanatics. That's so. all right. <laughs> what I, I would rather you, have something more about cricket. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, of course. No, no, but what I can tell you is if you, have net, if you have never read anything from that author, J.K. Rowling, you should read something. She's written quite a lot of fiction for adults these days. So no. I, would I have read something else. I've read uh, um, that Robert Galbraith's novels. She's quite uh, she's quite uh, good as an author, I'm sure. Right. So, mm-hmm. all right. Moving on. Um, I don't know if you were to ca- if you were able to catch this uh, retro live uh, matches that Cricket was doing. So recently they did the semi-finals and the finals of the Cricket World Cup 2011. At least the finals I was able to follow a little. Giri, did you catch any of these? Very briefly, yes. I also saw it live, I think, on television. They they have this on Crick Info website as well as on uh, Star Sports. Oh, and wow. That's... Yeah, yeah, it was also... <laughs> and that broke my heart, actually. I would have actually watched the match. I mean, I was because we are all working from home. I don't think I had a whole lot of meetings that day. I would have spent a bit of time watching it then. Ah. Which means you were actually working, man. Good on you. Well, I was in front of the laptop. I mean, working... Yeah, that's all you need to say. You were working then. Anyway, but it was good. Um, so it, it's it's amazing. I mean, I was just watching Virat Kohli bat against uh, Pakistan. He was completely out of sorts, completely right. out of sorts. Right. And uh, he, I also saw him bat in the finals afterwards, and he I think he made thirty odd runs. Mm. He was okayish. He was not uh, his fluent best. And now when I see him plays, he has come on, you know, in leaps and bounds. I think he's improved so much as a player. Of course, he was still very early in his career, right? When yes, but. Yeah, but he was a prodigy, right? He was he was always mm-hmm. a child prodigy, and people spoke of him very highly in all mm-hmm. the uh, younger circuits and all that. But 
uh, it, it takes a bit of time to mature on the international scene as well. And I think he had good people like Sachin Tendulkar, Rahul Dravid, uh, even uh, Dhoni, for example. These guys were there to guide him. But now when you see him, he's, he's, he's in a world of his own. He's amazing. I mean, apart from Freak uh, Smith, of course, Steve Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Joe Root's form is also dipping. He's not there in the top three. Maybe Kane Williamson is closer to these two guys. Uh, I still think Steve Smith is better than uh, uh, Virat Kohli. Purely mm. because his test average is so much better. Anyway, mm. that's another discussion. Mm. But yeah, I mean, looking at the team and how well they were performing, um, even Sachin Tendulkar bowling in one of those matches, even mm-hmm. Virat Kohli bowling in one of those matches. Right, right. <laughs> was, he used to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah, he was bowling uh, seam-ups. Yeah, and what a crucial uh, knock it was by Gautam Gambhir, actually. <laughs> Not just by Mahindra Singh Dhoni in the finals. Right, right. You, you know why I'm bringing this up? Yes, yes. Yeah. Let's go there first. Yeah. Let's go there first. I think uh, you were talking about the Twitter storm that followed, right? Exactly. Uh, from his tweet. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> nah, but I think uh, both of them had equally uh, important role to play. Although Mahindra Singh Dhoni was there till the end as a captain. And uh, I think the the chase uh, was planned beautifully and he also executed the plans very well. And they kind of knew how to play all bowlers and uh, I think Yurat Singh also swept uh, Mutaya Murlidharan in that match, which turned out to be a very important thing. Uh, he was always struggling and I think Yurat Singh has even come out in public and then said that he, he couldn't read Murlidharan. Uh, and uh, Sachin apparently advised him to pl- sweep uh, and that kind of unsettled uh, Murlidharan's line and length. And that indeed worked in India's favour towards the end. But I also have to applaud, uh, forget about India for a moment, but I also need to applaud Jayavardhana. Classy, uh, nonchalant player, Jai Vardhana. He was an amazing century. He looked so amazingly fluent. His square cut a ball uh, that Virat Kohli bowled, uh, seam up delivery. He barely touched the ball, man. It went off the middle of the bat uh, down to the backward point boundary. It was, uh, he was looking so good in that match. Of course. Nah, he was poetry in motion, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Coming back to a couple of those points that you said, look, mm-hmm. I personally feel Gautam Gambhir did not get the due credit for the innings that he played. Look, in in one of those big matches, you need somebody in the top three holding the innings together, especially in a chase of 275, right? And as much of credit that Dhoni gets for playing that finisher's innings, I'm going to personally say I would rate Gautam Gambhir's innings a little bit better than that, simply because it was him and Kohli that set up the platform, which him and Dhoni and then, you know, him, uh, Dhoni and Yuraj were able to take it to the finish, mm. right? Mm. Let's never take that away. Those two partnerships that Kabir played, they lost Sevag in the first over, right? Tendulkar mm. in the fifth or the sixth over. And then this guy and Kohli first absorbed all the pressure, but the run rate was not still too below the required. So at the 20th over mark, I remember they were around five and a half an over, right? Then came the little bit of a circumspect period where these two were able to take it through. This was Dhoni and Gambir there between over number 20 and 30, right? There, I would like to give a lot of credit to Gambir. Dhoni took his time initially, right? Yeah, so there, it was not like he was struggling. It was not like the World Cup semi-final that we saw in 2019. But there was a difference there. And Gambir was the cog in that wheel, or let's say the guy who was greasing the wheel so smoothly, until Dhoni got his gears in order. So I would like to give that much more credit to Gambir. Look, I mean, the Twitter storm that followed his tweet, I mean, that was probably not required. But setting that aside... I would like to think Gambir was the one who set up that win. Tony was the one who took it to the end. It's like, you know, all of these magical midfielders, if you were to compare it to football, all of these magical mm. midfielders who set up that amazing pass, which uh, 
a striker who has the firepower goes and finishes it both mm. of them are usually given the credit so that's exactly the role i see in this scenario yeah. so that's my personal opinion right the other thing i don't know if you saw kohli's interview about how how much he was devastated after the 2014 england tour he he felt like terribly in that tour if you remember and india lost very badly and right 4-0 so there that was the making of him he says if he had not overcome the uh, struggles that he faced mm-hmm. after that tour the mental struggles he would mm-hmm. not be the player he is today he says in an interview in cricket for so mm-hmm. i would recommend that interview if you are a cricket fan and if you are a kohli fan so that's fantastic so uh, probably 2011 was when he thought he could achieve a lot but 2014 was when he really understood what international cricket is what it is to face a swinging ball with somebody like anderson bowling right mm-hmm. how they would dissect you out right dissect your technique out so that was fantastic to read as well so well i mean it's very nice to go back to talk about the final of 2011 it's always an iconic moment it's always one of those moments in our lives at least as cricket fans where you would always remember where we were and what you we were doing right kiri so fantastic fantastic final so uh, if you were to move on if you were to look at some of the other news surrounding uh, cricket apart from covid that is so you have dane peet who's taken uh, the other route now because you know dane peet has uh, switched off his career in cricket in south africa that is at least so he says he's uh, put a stop to his uh, cricket career in south africa and then he's pursuing a minor uh, leagues career in the us now with uh, you know uk having brexited from the eu so to say mm-hmm. they there is no chance of this con- the context of a call pack is now non existent right because they are no longer a member of the eu so as a result the pr- call pack route is closed now for south africa and many other countries so there may be this the shift in paradigm usa might be the new destination they say just you know just to give you a para- parable like um what happens to a to the dying embers of the career of a epl player the english premier league right so they go to china so china is always the destination so it's something like that now america might become the new china as far as some of the cricketers who want to extend it's mostly the t20 leagues for sure so once you have a steady job let's say you have a steady job where you play in the english counties in the summer what would you do in the winter probably you go to united states or some other place and you play in the minor counties right so it it also brings apart from you know you being an international cricketer you going there and playing your game teaching and bringing their uh, cricket to uh, giving them some professionalism right that's a good thing but also it gives you a chance to you know better your own lifestyle living in europe or living in america so that's another thing right so that's an interesting news and of course uh, an unfortunate news again uh, tony lewis the professor who was uh, the first with duckworth who came up with the duckworth lewis turn algorithm that we use today for uh, you know determining the scores in a rain affected uh, odi or any limited overs game has passed away so we have not heard if he's passed away due to coronavirus we just know he's passed away due to old age so uh, we again condone his death and we Uh, offer our condolences to his family and friends and uh, to all cricketing fans you know we always uh, have a mocking tone when we talk about dls have can anybody understand it yada 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 right mm-hmm. but um, you know that and rjd the rjd method that's used in bcci matches domestic matches right these are the only two algorithms that have come up we have so many people who are interested in cricket and so many people who have probably a statistical or a mathematical background not many have been able to come up with a algorithm and this algorithm the duckworth lewis turn dls one that is now used in international cricket so kudos to uh, duckworth and lewis initially and then now 
also professor stern from australia who run this algorithm and keep it going and or mm-hmm. keep updating it right so uh, also as i said the rest of the cricketing world i'm sure is also mourning his demise so i hope uh, wherever he is uh, there is no rain and he's watching cricket on a nice bright sunny day so he doesn't have to use his own algorithm so uh, moving on now if you were to take a quick look at the trivia question the trivia question from the previous week was a little bit of a toughie so mm-hmm. we asked who was an international cricketer who lost his life in the last great pandemic so the last great pandemic was the spanish flu that extended from towards the end of the world war 1 to 1920 so the only recorded international cricketer who lost his life to the spanish flu was apparently reggie schwartz of south africa he he has a very very fantastic career he was uh, a cricketer who played in the english leagues but he could not really make a name for himself so he went to the colonies he went to south africa and then came back as a leg break bowler i forget his name the new sri lankan spinner that we see he bowls more googlies than leg break so he bowls like four googlies in an over and maybe one or two leg breaks so or even rashid khan does that right so his attacking weapon is actually the googly so mm-hmm. reggie schwartz was the first of this kind Mm-hmm. he had a, apparently a very lethal googly and googly was still not so known in the cricketing world so an englishman who went to south africa and then came back with the south african team as a part of the south african team and then took the english summer by storm as they said so this is a very nice read so if you were to ever get a chance to read about reggie schwartz's life but as it was with many men there uh, he had to yeah join forces in the world war 1 and then he lost his life after that shortly so that's unfortunate but Uh, it's a nice read if you were to get to read about his life so uh, the trivia question for this episode is a very interesting one so we are not going to ask you a straight forward trivia question that deals with a historical fact or something straight away to do with cricket in terms of stats but it is still something that is very very cricket related and we may have discussed the person that this is related to in this very episode so i am going to name something i am going to name a sequence can you name what the sequence actually is so left pad right pad box one tap in the middle two behind the foot look up two behind the foot again look up one tap and then good to go what did i just now mention can you put your finger on this that's the trivia question for this week so you can always get in touch with us to let us know what you think about our podcast for example or give us the answer to the question of uh the trivia question this episode or share your thoughts about cricket in general right you could always get in touch with us uh, via twitter the handle is at @armchaircricketpod or you could write into us uh, on uh, you know armchair.cricket@gmail.com or you could leave uh, your thoughts and the answer to the trivia question as a comment in one of the podcasting apps you use to listen to us we have a huge list in our uh, notes always right also if you get a time and if you like our podcast of course please rate and review our podcast it helps us gain visibility but it also helps us uh, immensely personally so that we get this feedback and we feel good about it so no matter how the coronavirus storm takes us we'll continue to do this podcast so if you have been listening to us we are very grateful for that and i hope you can talk about this with your other cricket fanatic friends as well having said all that it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from him bye bye go for it